Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Today I want to talk to you about how to stop the cycle. How to stop the cycle. I want to talk about stopping the cycle. What I'm talking about is some of the destructive cycles that we have in our life. Some of the things that, that we have that maybe you've got going on in your life where you feel like you're kind of running around in circles. It's like the same thing keeps repeating itself. Maybe, maybe last year there was some stuff going on in your life and you said, okay, this year's going to be different and yet here you are this year and it's kind of the same story. It just keeps repeating itself. You're having these repeat performances and they're destructive and you know they're doing damage to you. You know they're doing damage to your relationships. You know they're doing damage to your life, but you just can't seem to get out from underneath them. There's lots of different versions of this. Some that we even allow into our own life and invite ourselves into. I have a destructive cycle that I deal with every year around this time of year and that's called being a Dallas Cowboys fan. It's a destructive cycle. It starts off, I feel pretty good, and then things begin to fall apart. And it's the old bait and switch. And this has been going on for a long time. I remember years and years ago, 12, 13, 14 years old, 92, early 90s, Cowboys were really good. Three Super Bowls in four years. It was awesome. But then it ended. And for 25 years, it's been the valley. It's been terrible. You live in the valley, so that's not... It's been horrible, though, let me just tell you. And, and maybe you can't relate to me because you're Cardinals fans and you, just, you don't know what I'm talking about anyways, but that was a little dig there. But I love you Cardinals fans. I, I really do. you got Kyle Murray here now. He was, he was at OU. That's just right down the street from us. We love OU, and I think you've got some hope. But I don't always experience that when it comes to sports. But really, that's not the destructive cycle that I'm talking about. I'm talking about those things in your life that we deal with. Maybe, maybe for you, it's an addiction. Maybe for you, it's a way of thinking. Maybe for you, it's, it's, a, it's a temperament that you, you struggle with. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's rejection, but it, it, it pops its ugly head up, and, and because of it, you feel like you can't, you can't move forward with the Lord. And I want to just encourage you to take a moment right now and just kind of think about that. What's that thing in your life? And as I go through this message, I want you to think about that thing, or maybe it's multiple things, because I believe God wants to set you free. And I can tell you this because I've experienced it. At one point in my life, I was bound by pornography. And I hated it, and I wanted to stop it. And I, I was a Christian, I knew the word, but I just could not seem to overcome this sin. It had me all bound up. I'd lay my head down at night on my pillow and I'd feel like a fake, I'd feel like a phony, but I just couldn't seem to get over it. What I wanna to talk to you today about is some of the things that God showed me that helped me to experience freedom. Because I can tell you today, I ain't bound by pornography no more. And whatever it is that you're dealing with, I'm telling you, freedom is possible because Jesus Christ made a way. Can I get an amen? Okay, Philippians chapter 3. Let's look at this together. Verse 12. The apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says this. He says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. Everybody say forward. forward. Say it like you mean it. Forward. Straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward. Everybody say upward. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul's saying here, he's saying, I, I recognize that in my life there's some stuff going on in my life that is not a picture of the fullness of the cross of Jesus Christ on display 
in me and through me. And since that's the case, I'm not going to settle for this. I'm not going to settle for that. I'm going to press on until my life displays Jesus Christ in all his power and all his glory in this world around me. I'm going to press on. And, and notice he talks about this upward and this forward call of God. You know, that's a good way to remember the call of God for your life. The call of God for your life, you probably heard this term before, onward and upward. You guys ever heard that before? Onward and upward. That's a good way to remember the call of God. God's call for your life has you moving onward and upward. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect because it's not. You're going to face stuff in this world. Jesus promised that we would face stuff in this world. But, but you may be in these seasons where you're dealing with stuff, but at the end of the day, you're going to get out of that season. And on the other side of that season is glory to glory, is abundant life, is you moving forward, is you saying that this year I'm better than I was last year and I'm continuing to go forward in the call of God for my life. But listen, listen, there is an enemy and his name is Satan or the devil and he hates you and he really is real. And the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. And what he wants to do is he doesn't want you fulfilling the call of God. He doesn't want you moving onward and upward in the call of God and forward in the call of God. He wants to get you stuck in these cycles where you're running around, chasing your tail, having these same destructive repeat performances, feeling like you're stuck. And one of the lies that we begin to believe when we're in these cycles is we begin to believe this lie that this is just how it has to be. That this is just your reality and that I have to just live this way for the rest of my life. Well, I'm just here to tell you, if you're a child of God, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, it doesn't have to stay this way. Jesus made a way so you can be free. 1 Timothy 2 verse 6 says this. It says, he, that's talking about Jesus, gave his life to purchase freedom for, say that last word with me, everyone. Are you an everyone? Are you an everyone, church? Yes, then Jesus made a way. He purchased your freedom. So I want to help you today. I want to, I want to give you five things today, five mindsets, five kind of practical principles that you can begin to display in your life that I b believe are going to help you to stop the destructive cycles that are stopping you. All right, so here's number one. If you're going to stop the cycle, number one, you've got to stop accepting the cycle. Stop accepting the cycle. Look back at Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Paul says, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on. Everybody say, press on. press on. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Paul's saying this. He says, listen, I, I recognize right now that I'm not where I can be. I recognize that there's some stuff that Jesus did for me through the cross that he won for me at the cross that I'm not experiencing right now. And since I'm not experiencing it, since I'm not walking in the fullness of that, I'm not going to settle for this. I'm going to press on. I'm going to keep pursuing those things until the reality of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross is the reality of my life that I am living. See, Paul recognizes something. He's in a process, and you are too. We're all in a process. And in the process that we find ourselves in, if we're going to progress in that process, we got to press on. There are some things that Jesus has purchased for you that I promise you, you're not experiencing right now. But we can't just settle for, well, I, I never will. We have to continue to go after those things and chase after those things. Let me try to illustrate this for you, okay? Uh, I want you to imagine that after the service here, you meet me in the lobby, and I see you, and I walk up to you, and I say, hey, I've heard all about you. I've heard great things about you, and so I wanted to do something really nice for you. So yesterday, I actually did a little research, and I found out, looked at a lot of different lists, one of the top steak restaurants 
out here is a, is a place called Mastro's, or maybe it's Mastro's, I'm not exactly sure, Mastro's. But anyways, they have a steak there, a bone-in Wagyu ribeye that is $195. Better be a good piece of, piece of meat, right? $195. Okay, so imagine I come to you and I say, hey, I wanted to do something nice for you, so I, I purchased that steak for you. And I got you sides, and I got you the lobster bisque and the salad. It's all ready for you. All you have to do is go to that restaurant and say, hey, Pastor Josh sent me. My name is so-and-so, and they'll seat you, and they'll take care of you. Now, just so you know, I didn't actually do this. So don't, don't test me in this, okay, because I ain't going to work. They're going to look at you like, okay, whatever. Who are you? Okay, but let's just say for sake of illustration that I actually did this. So you walk in, and you're like, hey, Pastor Josh sent me. I'm... Um, so-and-so, and they're like, yes, we've been waiting on you. They take you back to the back room. They sit you down. They begin to start bringing you out food, lobster bisque, salad, appetizers. All this stuff starts coming out, and then the main course comes out. The main entree comes out. They sit it down in front of you. You look down, and it's chicken. It's not the steak. Now, the chicken's good. I looked up the chicken yesterday. Herb roasted chickens, 35 bucks. I'm sure it's really good. But it's not the bone-in Wagyu ribeye, right? So in that moment, you have a choice. You can either settle for the chicken, or you can press on and pursue what's been purchased for you. See, here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want the next time I'm here at Gateway, I see you, and I walk up to you, and I say, hey, how was the steak? And you're like, well, you know, I really wanted the steak. I was really excited about the steak. I was thinking about it all day, looking forward to it, but they, they brought me out the chicken. And I didn't want to make a big fuss. I didn't want to come off as being like entitled. So I just, I, I went ahead and ate the chicken. Guess what? I'm not going to be very excited about that. You want to know why? Because I paid for the steak. I purchased that steak. I made a sacrifice. I paid extra so you could have the steak. So why are you settling for the chicken? Church, stop settling for the chicken. Jesus made a way through the cross to purchase your freedom and wholeness, to purchase all of it for you, spirit, soul, and body. And yet so often we settle for something far less than what Jesus has for us. Stop settling for the chicken. There's your tweet for the day. Stop settling. Now, some of you, maybe you work at Chick-fil-A, so I'm sorry if I'm offending you, but, but there's something more is what I'm, what I'm saying. Jesus has more for you. He's made a way. He's purchased it for you. And you not accepting that, you not pursuing that, you not going after that is not smart. It's actually really dumb. You're missing out on what Jesus wants you to experience. The Bible says this in Luke 4.18. Jesus was talking about why he came to this earth. He says his purpose was to bring liberty to the captives. To bring liberty to the captives. That word captives there is the Greek word akmalatos. It means a captive taken by a spear. So here's the picture here. It's like you've been captured in a war, and you're being now marched towards a death camp, towards certain destruction, and there's a spear in your back marching you in that direction. You don't want to go, but you have no choice in the matter. That is us before Jesus Christ. That's what our life looked like. But Jesus made a way so that we could be free, so that, that captivity could be broken off of us, so that we could walk in freedom. Listen, Jesus is not just your Savior. He's your Deliverer. He made a way so that you could be free. Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing, whatever that cycle looks like, Jesus can free you from that. So you have to stop accepting the cycle. I think one of the great lies that the, that the devil tries to convince us of, that so often we buy into, is that this thing, this situation, this problem, this cycle, this is permanent. This is just the way it's, it's going to be. But I want you to know today, it doesn't have to be that way. 
You don't have to say, this is permanent. This is my life. Jesus made a way so you can be free. Look at this verse with me. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27. I love this verse. It's so good. If you get nothing else, just get this today. This is so powerful. It says this, all of creation. How much of creation? How much is all? All is, is all, right? Are you an all? Yeah, you are. So all of creation, check this out. All of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Now look at what it goes on to say, verse 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Okay, so let me break this down for you. This verse tells us that, that everything, that this world's going to be shaken. And in this world, the only things that will remain are those things that are unshakable. And the kingdom of God is unshakable. So here's what this looks like in your life. That thing that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you're dealing with, that cycle that's in your life, is it a part of the kingdom of God? No. So if not, the Bible tells us it can be shaken, it can be removed. That addiction that maybe you're up against, is it a part of the kingdom of God? No. Let me ask you again, church, is that addiction that you're dealing with, is it a part of the kingdom of God? No, then it can be shaken, it can be removed. That depression that you're dealing with, is it a part of the kingdom of God? No, no then it can be shaken, it can be removed. Church, anything, whatever it is, fill in the blank, whatever it is, that cycle of your life, if it's not a part of the kingdom of God, it can be shaken, it can be removed. Can I get an amen? I'm preaching better than you're cheering me on this morning. This is good stuff. Turn the person beside you and say, this ain't permanent. It doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to live. Don't accept that. Don't accept that this, this lie that like this is my dad's problem. This is my grandpa's problem. You know, this is it's just an issue in our family. This is my grandma, my grandma, whatever. Like it does not have to be your problem. And it sure as heck doesn't have to be your child's problem. Don't accept that. Don't believe that lie. Stop accepting the cycle. Jesus made a way so you can be free. So stop accepting the cycle. Here's number two. Stop excusing the cycle. Stop excusing the cycle. Back to Philippians 3, verse 14. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, is straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God. Paul says that you're going to have to forget what lies behind. Now, Paul had a past, man. He had some junk in his trunk, and I'm sure you do too. I'm sure there's people in this room that if I went around the room and I began to talk to you and hear your story, I'm sure there's some real pain in this room some real hurt, some, some real words that were spoken over you that left a mark, some real relationships where maybe you were abandoned or left behind. There's some stuff that's happened, some, some sin that's been placed on you or you've had to deal with that's hurt you. There's real pain. I maybe not, can't relate to it, but the good news is that Jesus can. And he wants to heal you where that pain is. And while that pain may be real, I'm not saying it's not real, a greater reality that you need to come to terms with is the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, really did come to this earth. And he really did live a perfect, sinless life. And then he really did go to the cross and die a death he didn't deserve and really was resurrected and really offers you something better than what you're experiencing. And the question you have to ask yourself is, what's going to be the foundation of my life? Am I going to build my life on this foundation of of what happened to me, what they did, what they said, that hurt? Or am I going to build my life on the foundation of the Word of God and the cross of Jesus Christ? If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. As long as you have an excuse in your mouth, you're going to have a cycle in your heart. As long as you allow that cycle to be your excuse, it'll be your excuse. 
You've got to stop this cycle. Listen, I, I know what you're dealing with may be painful. I know it may be hurtful. But I want you to know the work that Jesus did will heal you and minister to you and bring freedom to you right where you are. In fact, in Luke 4, 18, where Jesus is talking about his purpose, he says this. He says, he, talking about God, sent me, Jesus, to heal the brokenhearted. That word brokenhearted there is the Greek word centribo. It means those whose hearts have been shattered. And the, the idea here is like if I took a, a glass and I took it outside and, and I shattered it, but I didn't just drop it onto the ground. I actually took it and with the full force of all my strength, slammed it onto the ground as hard as I could. How many of you know that glass is going to shatter? And it's going to shatter into thousands and thousands of pieces. Some so microscopic that you would say there's no way that could ever be put together. Listen, Jesus came to heal people whose hearts feel like that. Isn't that good news? Maybe your heart feels shattered today. Maybe you feel broken today. Jesus came to be your healer. So my question is, are you going to build your life on the foundation of your hurt or will you build your life on the foundation of your healer? Stop excusing the cycle. Here's number three. Stop doubting the Savior. Stop doubting the Savior. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on toward the call or toward the goal. So Paul says, I'm going to press on. And, and really what he's saying is I'm going to press on and he's encouraging us to do the same, to press on towards the goal. So the question becomes, well, what's the goal? Because how can we press on towards the goal if we don't know what the goal is? So what's the goal? Okay, here's the goal. The goal is complete wholeness and freedom, spirit, soul, and body. And it's not just a goal that we're waiting to experience someday in heaven. It's actually a goal that we're supposed to desire and fight for here on earth. That's why Jesus said to pray your will on earth as it is in heaven. So get this. The will of God for your life is complete freedom and complete wholeness, spirit, soul, and body here on earth. Now here's the problem that we all have with that or that we experience with that. We hear that and we go, that's... That just seems impossible. Like that just seems a little bit too good to be true. And since we believe that, we don't pursue that. We don't press on towards that. But here's the other problem. You were created with a desire inside of you to pursue that. It, it, it started in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. When they were created and placed in the garden, that's what they had with God. Perfect relationship, perfect pre freedom, perfect wholeness in this perfect relationship with God. And then sin entered the world, and that was broken. And every one of us since, since them has been born into this world, and we have this hole inside of us that says there's got to be something more. There's a desire for this wholeness and freedom. We don't even really recognize that's what it is, but we know that something is missing, and so we pursue it. But since we don't know to pursue it through Jesus Christ, we begin to pursue it in this world, and we begin to pursue it in these counterfeit options that the devil throws at us. The devil puts these counterfeits out there and says, hey, chase after this, chase after money, chase after sex, chase after this, and you'll find wholeness. But what, really what ends up happening is we just step into these cycles where we're trying to get from the world what Jesus already offers us for free. And so we cycle through relationships trying to get approval and affirmation and acceptance, stuff that Jesus already offers you right now. We cycle through, through careers trying to find security and direction and purpose. Stuff that we find in our life, in our walk with Jesus Christ. We cycle through activities trying to find joy and fulfillment and pleasure. Things that are all found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we cycle, cycle, cycle through all these things trying to get from this world what God freely offers us. And since we don't experience it, what happens is it leads to more cycles. 
cycles of addiction, cycles of fear, cycles of depression, cycles of rejection. And instead of feeling what God wants us to feel, which is wholeness and freedom, we end up feeling broken and bound. Why? Because at the end of the day, we doubt that the work of the cross is really that good. And so what happens is we, we put our faith in the cycle instead of putting our faith in Jesus. See, the work of Jesus in your life is either released or restrained by what you put your faith in. And if your faith is in the cycle, guess what? You're going to get more cycle. And you're going to get more and more dug into that cycle and rooted in that cycle. But if you'll put your faith in Jesus, although it may sound too good to be true, I'm telling you, because I've experienced it, Jesus can begin to do a work inside of you and heal your heart and change your want to and help you to experience what Jesus wants you to experience, a life where you're moving onward and upward with peace and joy and the fruit of the Spirit on display through your life. Here's number four. Number three, stop doubting the Savior. Here's number four. Walk in stride with the Helper. Walk in stride with the helper. Galatians 5, 16, 17, Paul says, walk in the spirit, or in other words, you could say walk with the spirit, or you could also say walk with the Holy Spirit. Walk with the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Notice he doesn't say you won't have the lust of the flesh. He says you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Goes on to say this, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Notice there's this battle going on inside of you. Listen, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, he gave you a new spirit. And your spirit desires to do the will of God, but you also have a flesh. And that flesh still wants to do fleshly stuff. And some of us, we've been living a long life in the flesh. I, I at one point, was living a long life in the flesh, and my flesh was strong. Some of you got a strong flesh. You've been bulking up your flesh. Your flesh is like carbo-loaded. It's yoked. And so it's kind of strong, and it's pulling you in a certain direction. And so Paul's saying here, walk in the Spirit. Begin to walk with the Spirit and you won't fulfill. You'll have a strength against that flesh to overcome that flesh. He says, uh, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish to do. I, I bet many of you can relate to that. Not wanting to do something, but you just keep doing it. I, I know that was me for a long time. I, I hated the sin of pornography, and yet I kept stumbling back into it. I didn't want to do it. I was trying not to do it, but it had this power over me because I had fed my flesh. And so Paul presents this idea. You've got to walk with the Spirit. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And in, in, in the Bible, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit being your helper. He's your parakletos. He's one who's been sent to walk alongside you and help you in life, to lead you and guide you in all truth, to empower you to live the Christian life, to tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. And so Paul's saying you've got to walk with him. You've got to invite him in so that you begin to overpower your flesh. And when Paul says walk, the idea, he, he actually, when he uses that word walk, it's a continuous action verb. It means to walk and to keep walking. See, a lot of times we think that we can just kind of invite, you know, God in like at the beginning of the day and that will be good for the rest of the day. No, no, no. You might be good for the next 10 minutes. Like sometimes because our flesh is so strong, we got to continually keep inviting the Holy Spirit into our problems. Some of you, you're going to, you come to church this morning, it's all good, but you're going to have a hard time getting out of the parking lot still walking in the Spirit. Amen? So, so this flesh is strong. We got to continually invite the Holy Spirit into it. I remember at one point in my life when I was dealing with, with pornography and, and overcoming that, it, it had such a, it, I was so bound by it. 
that at one point as I was beginning to take the steps, I, I was recognizing, man, this is a hard fight and this is a continual fight right now. And I would pray and I'd invite the Holy Spirit in and then it just like, seemed like a little bit after that, I'd start having fleshly desires rise up in me again. And I remember walking around my neighborhood one day and just going, Lord, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known in junior high it was going to be this hard. If I would have known, I would have never done this. And I felt like, well, this is just the battle that I'm going to have to live the rest of my life. But, but I remember thinking, but I'll fight. I'll fight. It's worth it. But what I discovered is that's not the battle I've had to live with. I want you to know today, I don't struggle with pornography like I used to. Why? Because I've learned to walk in the Spirit. And here's what God wants to do. See, this is the gospel. The gospel is good news. It's not good advice. It's good news. And the good news of the gospel is that you're not going to have to live the rest of your life trying to not do the things that you want to do. That's not good news. That's bad news. The good news of the gospel is God's going to come and do a work in you and change your want to and give you the desires of his heart that are really the desires of your heart. And now you're going to get to do what you love to do. And that's what he wants you to do. That's the good news of the gospel. And that's what I've experienced. And here's how it happens. One step at a time, inviting the Holy Spirit in. Walking in stride with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you in. This is what you do. Lord, right now there's some stuff going on inside of me and I recognize that it's not your will, it's not your purpose for my life. So Holy Spirit, I need you right now and I'm inviting you in to help me in this moment. And you may be good for 10 minutes and then it starts to creep up again and then you invite the Holy Spirit back in again. And you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And as you do it, you begin to bulk up your spirit and those occurrences where the flesh is rising up get further and further apart to the point that you are one day walking along and you're going, I'm free. I'm free. It's possible. I'm living it. You can do it if you walk in stride, if you walk with the Helper. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Invite him into your life. And here's number five. And this is really one of the keys to all of this. You got to know the truth. This could be point one, because if you don't have this one going, none of the rest are going to work. You got to know the truth. Jesus said it like this. He said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Notice Jesus didn't say you'll know some truths. He didn't say that. Jesus didn't say, you'll know a truth. He said, you'll know the truth. Because here's the thing. The truth is not a, a revelation of knowledge that you gain. It's a relationship with a person that you have. And that relationship is with Jesus. In fact, in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you take that idea, what Jesus is saying, go back to John 8, and Jesus says, you'll know me, and I will make you free. If you want to experience the freedom of God, it doesn't come from just stopping the, 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 the activity of your life. It comes from inviting Jesus into your life and allowing him to empower you to live the life he's called you to, the upward and forward call of God that he has for you. See, freedom isn't about an absence of something. It's about the presence of someone. And that someone is Jesus. And I want you to know today, he wants to be in your life. He loves you. And he came and he died on the cross for you. No matter where you find yourself today. And maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe you've struggled. Maybe you struggled today. Maybe you've sinned today before you came here. Jesus loves you. And he died and he has a hope and a future for you. And it's a beautiful thing. There's a day coming in your life when you'll lay your head down at night. 
and you'll sleep in heavenly peace because you'll be free because that's what Jesus purchased for you. He's made a way. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.